0: Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible
1: study.
0: Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, Goodbye World, Goodbye. D.L. Moody had only a few years of grade school education, but his co-workers at Moody Bible Institute were educated men. Dr. R.A. Torrey was a university graduate and recognized as a Bible scholar. James M. Gray was a brilliant young man, highly educated from a cultured family. He had been attracted by the preaching of D.L. Moody and had joined the faculty of the institute. One morning, a train pulled into Chicago Station and Dio Moody stepped off with a couple of large suitcases. He rushed to a waiting carriage and was driven to his office in the school. He immediately sent for Dr. and for Dr. Gray. Facing the two men in his office, Moody picked up one suitcase and thrust it in the hands of Dr. Gray. Jimmy said abruptly, "'It usually takes several days to get laundry washed and ironed. "'I've got a train to catch this afternoon, and I cannot wait several days. "'Take this bag of dirty socks and shirts and underwear and have it laundered, "'and be sure that you're back here in time for me to catch my afternoon train.'" Turning to Dr. Tory, he said, "Reuben, I want you to suggest speakers and a schedule for our next conference.'" then saying he would be back in a moment. Mr. Moody rushed out the door. The two men looked at each other, and then Dr. Gray angrily threw the suitcase to the floor. Facing Dr. Torrey said, Reuben, I will be no man's lackey. He went on to say that if Mr. Moody wanted his dirty linens taken to the laundry, he could get a servant or perhaps a student to do it. Dr. Torrey waited until the younger man quieted down, And then quietly said, Jim, if D.O. Moody asked me to take his clothes to the laundry, I would do it. He went on to explain that Moody was God's man doing God's work. While Dr. Gray could not preach to thousands of people, he could see to it that Mr. Moody had clean clothes to preach in. Dr. Gray picked up the suitcase from the floor and hurried to a laundry at first, he was told it would be impossible to get the clothes by early afternoon, but he insisted, and then sat down and waited while the shirts and the socks and the underwear were washed and iron. Years passed, and that same young Dr. Gray became a powerful Bible preacher. In fact, many called him the Dean of American Bible Teachers. He was an expository preacher and was certainly one of the greatest of his day. He also became the third president of Moody Bible Institute. The Lord does not call all of us to do the same things, but he does call all of us to do important things. Perhaps God has not called you to be a pastor of a great church, but regardless of who is preaching, it is almost impossible to have great meetings without many folks who take care of small detail. Perhaps if James M. Gray had not learned the lesson that day that no task is too small if done for the Lord, he might never have been able to be used of the Lord to be a great preacher. As you think upon these things, may the prayer of your heart be, what would you have me to do, dear Lord? Listen now to this beautiful song as Lucinda Richardson sings for us when Jesus speaks peace.
2: I've wondered, even in my darkest hour, what his faithful ears to hearken to my needs and my desires. Then I hear his voice so tender, speaking softly in my ear. I kneel down and pray in my secret place, and I know he will hear, he is always near. When he speaks peace, the raging storms must die. New hope becomes new life. When he whispers, everything will be alright. When he speaks peace, the dark night slips away like the breaking of the day. When Jesus speaks peace. friends have failed me, and I'm standing all alone. When my spirit is discouraged, and I feel all hope is gone, there's no need to be disheartened, for I have a friend who cares. When my faith becomes weak, I can kneel at his feet, and my burdens he'll bear. He is he speaks peace, the raging storm must die, new hope becomes new life, when he whispers everything will be alright, when he speaks peace, the dark night slips away, like the breaking of the day, when Jesus speaks peace. clouds gather round me, and I don't seem to understand, then I feel his presence go before me, and I know he's holding to my hand. When Jesus speaks peace, the raging storm must die. New hope becomes new life When he whispers everything will be alright When he speaks peace The dark night slips away Like the breaking of the day When Jesus speaks peace Wonderful peace When Jesus speaks Speaks peace. The dark night slips away when Jesus speaks peace.
0: You are listening to join the morning which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45 we all gather in the main auditorium for a morning worship service. We invite you to listen or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altunaBible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown and Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at 942-2131. Listen now as Danielle Peck plays for us on the piano this wonderful song, Shout to the North. parents of Victor and Joseph Satorno of Reno, Nevada, were born and grew up in a little village in Italy. Many years ago, the father and mother came to the United States. Here, they were happy under the time of their deaths. Their sons prospered and built up a fortune in Nevada. They had never been to Italy and have never seen the Italian village that was their parents' home. But they heard about its great poverty, and they wanted to help its residents as memorial to their parents. So they offered 25 shares of the Bank of America stock, which was worth at that time about $1,200 to each villager. This was more money than most of them had ever dreamed of possessing. All of the 284 residents of that mountain village accepted the proffered gift with delight except three members of one family by the name of Casanelli. One member, a 57-year-old daughter, said, Nobody in this world gives away money without asking something in exchange. Another member, a 53-year-old son, remarked, Mother says, never put your signature on anything and it will keep you out of trouble. The 81-year-old mother, sitting in a corner of a large dirt floor single room of the unpainted house, expressed her fear that it would enable the authorities to evict her from the village and put her in an old folks' home if she accepted the gift. Four times in 15 days, the bank representatives climbed the mile-long trail to this village in the mountains to make their offer just one more time. Four times, they trudged back to their office, shaking their heads at their failure to give 75 shares of the free bank stock to this family. Before you shake your head and wonder, whatever is the matter with those three people, we would like to ask you if you have accepted an infinitely better offer. This is the offer. For the wages, sin is death, and you are a sinner. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When God makes an offer, there are no strings attached, but millions refuse to receive this marvelous free gift. Those three villagers were foolish, but not nearly as foolish as you who refuse God's greatest gift, eternal life. Listen now as Eileen Bickles sings this beautiful song for us entitled The Touch of His Hand on Mine. Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth, Peace with God versus Peace on the Earth. Luke chapter 2, verse 14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Lord Jesus Christ's later words during His earthly ministry, Luke chapter 12, verse 51, "...Suppose ye that I've come to give peace on the earth? I tell you, nay, but rather division." Romans chapter 5, verse 1, "...Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ." How can you reconcile the words of peace on earth, Luke 2, 14, with peace with God, Romans 5, 1? How can you reconcile the words peace on earth with all the wars, hatred, murders, terrorism, which have existed from the time of Christ's birth, during his earthly ministry, and even unto now? How can you reconcile the words of peace on earth, Luke two fourteen, with the words said by the Lord Jesus Christ, I came not to send peace, but a sword, Matthew chapter 10, verses 35 and 36, and Luke chapter 12, verse 51. What did the heavenly host mean by proclaiming peace on earth? Was their message wrong? Do these Bible verses contradict each other? Is the Bible wrong? Absolutely not. Peace on earth is not peace with God, nor is the peace of God. What did the multitude of the heavenly hosts mean by the words peace on earth? What was meant by the words of the Lord Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry when he said he came not to bring peace, but division? And of course, we need to follow the word of God, 2 Timothy 2, 15, and I trust that you, as you're following along, that you have your Bibles open or reading these Bible verses. So read 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself, the God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the words of truth. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ bring division and not peace. It is not a contradiction to the words of the heavenly host. These words, Lord Jesus Christ, are a reference to people being divided over him and his message. Some believed, and others with their hatred toward him would not believe on him. John chapter 1 verse 11 tells us that he came unto his own, his own received him not. Think of the words of Luke twelve fifty one and Matthew chapter 10 verse 34 and 35, not only during his earthly ministry, but during the upcoming 70th week of Daniel, the coming tribulation period. Even though there is no peace on earth, since these words were uttered by the heavenly host so many years ago, these words are not wrong. The peace on earth will only be realized when the Lord Jesus Christ will be sitting on the throne of his father David during the Millennial Kingdom. Luke chapter 1 verses 31 through verse 33. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Isaiah chapter number 9, verses 6 and verse 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And if you read over in Isaiah chapter 2, verse number 4, during the kingdom there will be no Wars, The kingdom was offered to Israel by God through the Apostle Peter, Acts 3, 17 to verse 26. If Israel had repented and believed their gospel message, which included baptism for salvation, Acts 2, 38 and Mark 16, 15 and 16, and I must emphasize that is not our gospel today. The 70th week of Daniel, the tribulation period would have come. Following the 70th week of Daniel, the thousand-year kingdom, with Christ ruling over the world, would have been fulfilled. And during the kingdom, there will be no wars, and there will be peace on earth. Read Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, and Isaiah 2, 4. However, God had a mysterious secret, never revealed until it was revealed to the Apostle Paul. And in the dispensation of grace, God has blinded and set aside Israel with her program and her promises. The millennial kingdom waits a future literal fulfillment. We here at the Altoona Bible Church believe in the literal interpretation and the literal fulfillment of the word of God. We are premillennialists. The Lord Jesus Christ will return at his second coming to set up his kingdom. It will be a literal return. It will be a literal kingdom. And the words of the heavenly host will absolutely be fulfilled. The hope of the church is not the millennial kingdom. Because we are seated in the heavenly places in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5 and verse 6. And next week we're going to continue this study... We'll talk about peace with God and the peace of God, but those are different than peace on earth. So, if someone says, "Well, why has there been no peace on earth?" because it's not being fulfilled and will not be fulfilled unto the millennial kingdom reign of Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one: For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your personal Savior? If you've never trusted Him, the only way of salvation, it's not through good deeds, it's not good through works, it's not through water baptism, it's by faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Thank yeah. you. Yeah.